Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Uh, up before 37, he says, in, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. So I did just a little bit of research, and, and you know what? That more than conquer is the fact that you um, are a force to be reckoned with. You are a force to be reckoned Man, now you would say, well, wait a minute, Pastor Scott, how in the world am I a force to be reckoned with? I mean, I am just me. And I got issues. I got things. Join the club. I'm right there with you, right? But the thing is, is the scripture says that we are a, a conquering force. We are a force. When we turn our perspective, because this is God's perspective on you. When we begin to change our perspective of how God sees us, how God sees our circumstances and situations that that we encounter. And it says that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, Jesus is the one who loves us, right? Amen? All right, just making sure you're awake, right? And the one who loves us sees things from a higher perspective from a conquering perspective in your life. And really, get this, this is part of your spiritual DNA. The moment you ask Christ to be your Lord and Savior, His spiritual DNA came alive in you. And as a conqueror, you have the ability to, in, to, in, in, to come into any situation, come into anything, and recognize and realize, you know what? All of this is, is based on the fact that, man, my eyes and my focus are on Christ. They're not on any other thing, except, you know, I do have my situation I'm walking through, but my eyes are on Christ more than it is on my circumstances. Because, see, oftentimes we get caught up in the circumstances, right? And, and, th- and just think, think about this for a second. The Bible really is full of individuals that walked in the revelation of God's point of view. If you open your Bible and you start reading, you'll find that there are individuals who walked in the revelation of God's point of view concerning what he had promised compared to what their circumstances suggested. Their circumstances suggested things But as they walked through those circumstances, they took God's point of view over what their circumstances' point of view was saying. And that is so key for us to get to understand. And the reason why is because they walked in faith. They chose to view their circumstances, or let's say their unfavorable circumstances, right, with God's higher perspective. God always has a higher perspective. It's always higher than what we can comprehend or know. But it's possible for us to know it. Isn't that good news? Man, that, that's such good news. Let's, let's look at, at, at a couple a couple of scriptures, or just one actually, but a couple of verses. In Isaiah chapter 55, verses 8 and 9, you probably have heard these before, but it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is God talking. So he's directly talking to me and you right now. I mean, how, how amazing is that? He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, 
So are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. Now, I wanted to go to the message version right after that because I just love the way the message version says it. And it says this, I don't think the way you think. I'm so glad for that, aren't you? I'm so glad God doesn't think the way I think because, man, we would be in a boatload of trouble, right? He says, I don't think the way you think. The way you think isn't the way I work. Man, did you hear that? The way you work isn't the way I work. And then it says God's decree. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work suppresses, oh, surpasses, sorry, surpasses the, my wife's already correcting me, all right? <laughs> I work, <laughs> surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. He thinks way beyond you think. So wouldn't you think it would be amazing for us then to begin to get his perspective on every detail, on everything? So the title of my message today is simply a higher perspective. A higher perspective. Now let me pray and we'll get moving on further. Holy Spirit, help us to gain God's perspective on everything. Amen. All right. So now we're going to look at Philippians. And this is where we want to learn from the Apostle Paul about living from a higher perspective, okay, in the midst of, of, of not so favorable circumstances. Anybody been there before? Like just, yeah, these circumstances aren't that great. They're not really happening for me too well. I don't know what to do or what, what, how, how do I even approach this? Um, but see, he was able to, to have a certain perspective because his perspective was first and foremost on Christ, right? Christ Jesus gave him this perspective because he had this relationship to where he was pressing in, he, he was, he was um, encountering him, and, and, and through that process, his faith grew to a point where he knew that no matter what his circumstances were, that the perspective he was to view them from was not his perspective down here, his perspective was to view them from up here, from where God views them, right? Because how many know in your circumstances, um, if they're unfavorable or whatever they are, you'll have lots of people down here on this level that will be talking to you and telling you, man, I, you, I, you should, you know, Stuff like that. I remember when um, back in, uh, um, I think I maybe told you the story before, but back when um, I stepped out of the position at Concord um, doing children's pastor, and then there was a kind of this like a couple months where I had this opportunity to kind of just, you know, uh, uh, hear from the Lord and see what the next direction was. But man, I had so many people down here looking at it and going, oh man, you got a family for you. You got this, you got that. You got to get going, man. What are you doing? You got to do this. Move back to California do this. But see, all along, I was trying to get God's perspective. How was God viewing the situation and the circumstance? What was he wanting to do in this? You know, and praise God, I didn't listen to those down here. Not saying that, you know, they didn't have maybe, you know, some advice that I could grab a hold of. But I, I'm thankful that I was able to, to keep above that because I was all along looking for God's perspective. God, what is, it, what is it that you wanted us to do? What do you want me to do? 
And so Paul kind of had that perspective as he, as he walked on his journey. Um, so much so that he, he told uh, Timothy, I'm going to give you another verse before the Philippians one. This is what he told Timothy. He said, for this reason, I also suffer these things. So Paul wasn't you know, just a guy who didn't suffer things. Like you think, man, he was the apostle Paul. He was the great guy, man. He never suffered anything. No, he, he's saying, man, I suffered these things just like you are. He says, nevertheless, I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded. To me, that says higher perspective, right? That he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. So here Paul's saying, you know what? I've gone through all of these things in, in my life and, and I'm looking at it from a perspective that, that I see it from God's lens, not just my lens, not just on this, this ground level. So Paul was convinced that no matter what his circumstances were, no matter how low it may look, right, that Jesus was going to keep him for his purpose through it all. He was going to navigate, help him through all of these things that he was going to encounter. But see, that's, that's what we have to get to. Is, is Jesus the first one that we jump to when a circumstance is not favorable? Or that, that comes our way and all of a sudden, what do we do? See, Jesus has to be the number one thing. Turn there, right? And then through that, I believe, he'll give you wisdom. He'll give you insight into be able to, okay, so do this, do that. Go get help. Go get this. Go get that. But see, is he, he, is he first and foremost the first thing that we rest in and say, okay, God, what is your perspective on this? What is it? Okay, so here we go. Philippians chapter 1, verses 18 through 21. Okay? This is Paul writing to the church at Philippi. He says, yes, and I will rejoice. Right? For I know that through your prayers and the help, now some translations say supply, and the help of the, of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. See, he's already, he's, he's in jail. Right? Or he's, well, he, he, he's, he's, he's incarcerated. Okay? He's not technically in jail, and we'll find out of that a little bit later in, in what we're going to look at in the, in the book of Acts. But he is incarcerated. He is kind of basically under house arrest. He's, he, you look at it, and you're like, man, this is a bad thing. But here Paul's looking at it and saying, hey, you know what? I know that, you know what? God's going to deliver me out of this. I mean, it looks bad. Here I am, I'm writing you a letter in jail. It looks bad. But he says, no, you know what? I believed and am persuaded. Why is he persuaded? Because he spent time getting in God's word. He spent time fellowshipping with the Lord, getting God's perspective over his current circumstances. He says in verse 20, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be ashamed, I be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death, for me to live is Christ and to die again. Now, how's that for perspective? Right? He says to live is Christ 
and to die is gain. So he's got this perspective. He's incarcerated. He's under house arrest. His circumstances are not favorable. But then he says, I rejoice anyways. So that just kind of challenges me a little bit. When I've got circumstances, I've got things in my life, how do I approach them? Do I approach them with, a, oh, no, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? I, I don't know what to do. Or am I going, all right, Lord, I'm going to rejoice because I know that you're involved in my life. I know from a higher perspective what your God, God's word says about it or what you're talking to me about, about how I, I, I continue on this pathway that you will, you will be with me. You'll guide and direct me. You'll, you'll make sure that, man, everything that, that I put my hand to will prosper. But oftentimes that's not our first reaction. Our first reaction is not looking towards the higher perspective. Our first reaction is, oh, oh man, I don't know, right? I don't know. So Paul's tapped into this thing. He's tapped into it. He, he says rejoice. Another word for rejoice that they've connected it with it is thrive. Man, wouldn't you love to be thriving? Right? Just, just thriving. Okay, yeah, I've got this situation. I've got this financial difficulty. But you know what? I'm thriving. I'm rejoicing that the fact that I believe God over, over all the other given situations right now because he's faithful to me, because he loves me. And I'm being as faithful as I possibly can. Therefore, he said, man, he would come alongside me and guide me, direct me, help me with it. See, that, that's the thing. But see, we can't all of a sudden just kind of wallow in it and get to the point where, you know, ah, what do I do? So because he had this perspective, then he was able to, you know, face the hardships, be able to face the problems, be able to face the situation that when no matter, even if it's out of control, God is in control. God is still in control, even if it's out of control. And see, whether, see, so there's times when God will give you perspective, right? And then there's other times that you've got to go looking for the perspective, okay? So, you know, you might be sitting in a church service, and, um, you know, maybe the, the person who's up here speaking or whatever it is says something, and God, through the Holy Spirit, there it is, right? But there's other times where, you know what, you have to be diligent, and you've got to go search for the perspective, that's what God's word is. All of that is God's perspective. Your ability to take it and look at it and then be able to meditate it and get it on, down on the inside of you helps you be able to navigate situations. Helps you to be able to, to, to know, okay, wait a minute, God's perspective is this. Although I see this, I'm still going to believe God's perspective is this. And in God's perspective, God's telling me that, you know, I think I need to do this. Right? And what, whatever that is. I mean, that might be, hey, I need to go get professional help over something. Go get it. There's no shame in that. Or, you know what, I might need to, you know, maybe ask a brother or a sister in the Lord to pray for me. And ask them, to, hey, can you pray for me because, man, I'm really struggling with this area. Or ask them to be accountable. Hey, will you be my accountability partner? Uh, that's something we don't really use anymore too much. Because, you know what, there's an area in my life that I really, really struggle with. And man, I, I, I need someone to walk with me. I need someone to, to kind of be accountable with me. 
There's nothing wrong with that. Can I just tell you that? Because, you know, we, 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 in this society, we build this kind of wall and this kind of, you know, hey, yeah, I, I'm kind of impenetrable or, or you know, I, I can't show weakness or whatever it is. But man, that, that, that like is, is wrong. God wants you to show, it, show your weakness. And man, if you've got to go to a person and say, hey, man, I, man, I'm struggling with this or this is what's going on or I don't get this or man, how, how do I help navigate that? Seek, seek, seek those people. Seek, seek, seek wisdom from people, okay? And so here Paul is. He comes along and here's a great, great thing too. Um, Paul says, you know what, that, that, that um, the Holy Spirit will be supplied to you, okay? The, the Holy Spirit will, will be something that, that, that comes alongside of you when you're depleted or you're running out of steam. Have you ever felt that way in your circumstances sometimes? Man, I'm just depleted. I'm running out of steam. Man, I'm growing weary. I'm just concerned of what's before me. I, I can't see anything else. Well, the scripture then was telling us that Jesus, and this is, you know, if you look in the Greek stuff, Jesus becomes like a benefactor. You know what a benefactor is? Benefactor is someone like when you don't have enough money to, to have something happen and that person comes along, we'll just use that, this as an example. That person comes along and he says, hey man, I'll take care of all of it. I'll pay for, pay for it all. And so in, in the same context, Jesus becomes our personal benefactor by giving you and donating an overwhelming okay, contribution of the spirit, of grace, of power in your circumstance. But see, you, you, you got to go to him. You got to press into him. You got to say, hey, Lord, I, I, I need your help. I can't tell you how many times I'm in throughout my day. I'm telling the Lord, I need your help. I, I, I don't know exactly what to do right now. Will you help me? And in, in that scripture, it helps me to know that, you know what? Jesus is my benefactor. Pastor Scott, that's what you need? Then, man, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to overpour over, or overfill you beyond what you can think, ask or think. But see, that, that, that is such the goodness of God, the goodness of God in your life. Recognize you have the goodness of God. God loves you, right? So let me get to our very first perspective, okay? So God's perspective turns your suffering and panic into proclamation, okay? Turns your suffering and panic into proclamation. So instead of, in your circumstances or in whatever it is, Instead of shouting, the world is going to end, right? We should shout, Jesus is in charge. Jesus is in charge, right? Whether, whether taking it as far as Paul, whether I live or die, I know Jesus is with me, right? And in fact, that's what we're going to see. Now turn to Acts chapter 27, because we're going to kind of relate this back to, to Paul and, and Paul's, um, you know, kind of um, life towards the end of the book of Acts. But in Acts chapter 27, here we find Paul. He's a, he's a prisoner on a ship in the, in the middle of an intense um, thunderstorm or tempest, as the Bible calls it. And everyone, including the sailors, began to panic. Okay? There was, they were they're thinking, man, there is no way we're going to get out of this thing. 
There is no way. I think all hope is lost. Forget about it. And so I, in, in kind of looking at it, for me personally, I'm looking at it and thinking, well, but man, a lot of them were looking at this level. From that level, okay? But then Paul stands up in the midst of the chaos, and this is what he says, Acts chapter 27, verses 21 through 26. He said, since, then it says, since they have been without food for a long time. Now, this is Luke writing. Paul stood up among them and said, okay, so now he's telling the whole crew, everybody there, men, you should have listened to me and not have set sail from Crete and incurred this injury and loss. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you. Man, what a proclamation right there, Right? I mean, here he is. He's making a promise in the middle of a raging storm and says, hey, don't worry. There's going to be no loss of life. He says, so there's no life among you, but only of the ship. Now, here's the reason why. It says, for this very night, there stood before me an angel of the Lord, to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you... All those who sail with you. So take heart, men. I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. Okay, so here Paul is in the middle of the panic, in the middle of the worry, in the middle of the unfavorable circumstances. And, you know, here death is knocking at their door. But Paul stands up, right? And he speaks prophetically God's perspective on the situation. Did you catch that? What did he say? An angel of the Lord appeared to me. That angel then gave God's perspective to Paul. Paul would no longer be here on the lower level, but Paul now has a perspective of God's level. And says, man, don't fear. None of you are going to die. Only the ship's going to get destroyed. But you know what? We're going to make it. Everyone's going to make it. He couldn't have said that without God's perspective. So he makes this kind of like, I'm just going to say, with faith, he makes this bold proclamation, which honestly kind of challenges me. I don't know if it challenges you, but in those situations, in those circumstances, how often do I just stay on the bottom floor of it? On, on the, I don't go to the, the top and say, first off anyways, sometimes it's different. But I don't go to the top and say, okay, God, what is your perspective? Now, I've never had an angel of the Lord show up in my bedroom or in my car or anywhere, right? So I can't r- rely and say, hey, yeah, this is going to happen like it happened to Paul. But I can tell you I've had God's word give me perspective on my circumstances, on whatever that is. Then I have to choose, right? Okay, am I going to go with his perspective or am I going to go with this perspective? And I'm just going to tell you, man, I've done this lots of times. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? I've gone back and forth. All right? Because, I, I mean, I don't want you to think, oh, yeah, Pastor Scott, constantly. Dun, 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 dun. You know, I got the big Superman thing on my thing. 
No, I, 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 I'm human. I have to struggle with these things too. But, but I think it's very important that we have to realize that, you know what, we, we've got to be able to say, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's, here's my circumstance, right? And, and I've, am I pro- prophetically proclaiming God's perspective on my health, right? Or on my, uh, on, on my marriage, on my family, on my finances, on my relationships, right? Because there's, storm, there's storms raging all around. But what, what do I do? And so I've got to invest, right? We've got to invest our faith in the fact of what God's word has to say. We've got to learn God, God's perspective because you know what, what happens? Well, I think sometimes we can put faith in not believing God. We can put faith in believing what our circumstances say. And we use all of our faith in that. And we use none of our faith in God in Christ, in the Holy Spirit moving in our life because we're just all just consumed with doubt and fear and all of that. that now, one of the things you have to understand is it's going to take work. It's going to take work to get God's perspective because your mind is not naturally wired that way. Right? That's why Romans 12, 2 is so important. You know, we've got to meditate on God's word. We've got to rewire our thinking to the best of our ability. And it's going to take some work to be able to then encounter circumstances that are unfavorable, things that we are going through, and be able to then draw God's perspective and stick with it. So you're not like Pastor Scott, going up, down, back, back, you know, whatever. You're not playing musical stairs or whatever, whatever that would be, okay? But again, God's perspective, right? His word, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it in there. His word is always, always higher than man's. Always, right? And, pers- and possessing God's perspective is an ongoing process, okay? It's ongoing, so be encouraged by that. I'm not saying, man, oh, you just got to have it locked in. Boom, got it. Perfect. No, it's an ongoing building process that step by step, the Holy Spirit wants to be involved in and wants to be engaged in with you. And then, sometimes it's just going to take you memorizing God's word so that you have some ammunition, so you know what's going on, right? I mean, the proclamation, I can say it, words are tough, right? Proclamation or, or prophesying over your circumstance, your situation, mean that that's taking God, what God's perspective is, what God's word says over the situation and applying it. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So either you got good fruit or you got bad fruit, depending upon which one you love. Matthew 4.4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we've got to be able to speak that over our situation. That's what Paul did. Speak it over your situation. And just say, you know what? My God is greater than this. In fact, he says, fill in the blank with God's word. This is what God says. But see, we've got to spend time in our prayer closet 
right? We got to get our journal out. We got to begin to write down what God is saying and begin to, to, to begin to speak over those circumstances, what he's showing us, so that, that there's, a, there's a calmness to that storm. There's a calmness to that uncomfortability of the circumstances that you're walking through, right? Because we know that God's word is alive and powerful. It says sharper than any two-edged sword. And you know what? I believe then God's word will deliver a timely solution for you. Right? And, and I know I've talked to people before, and they say, yeah, well, no, I've tried that. Well, maybe you didn't try long enough. Well, no, I, I looked at God's word to try to find a solution, but I had nothing. Well, how, how, you know, I'd never asked this because I don't want, you know, but it's like, well, how long did you look? 20 seconds. <laughs> Not quite that. You know what I mean, though. But sometimes you've you got to be able to dig into God's word. And you got to say, okay, what does this say? You know, we've got these God's promise books that are back there. They've got all kinds of promises. God's perspective on, on things. Grab one of those things and be able to say, okay, at least that can, I, what about finances? What does that look like? Or, or health or whatever that is. And, and be able to take those, those scriptures, take God's perspective and begin to speak over them, right? Begin to speak God's word over them. So, we know that what Paul prophesied came to pass, okay? Every man on the ship survived. They all made it to the island of Malta. Even when everything was going wrong, right? They still made it. And you would think, oh, okay, well, at least they made it. Good. Well, there's still stuff that went wrong. You ever feel that? Oh, I mean, I just got over one thing. And all of a sudden, boom, here comes another thing. And you're like, oh, unbelievable. Right? So they get to this island, it's cold and rainy, and then they build this fire, and as Paul's getting sticks and putting them on fire, a snake comes out and bites them, right? And now everybody's like, oh my gosh, he's going to die, this is going to, I don't know if they thought it was awesome or not, but you know, they thought, oh my gosh, he's going to die, there's no way, you know, this is, this is crazy. But again, this goes back to the, to, to the proclamation, you remember what it said, hey, Paul, you must go before Caesar. Remember it said that? Paul said that? Yeah. So again, this proclamation is that the fact that, you know what? He didn't do that because Paul was supposed to go before Caesar. He was supposed to go before these other, the highest people in the land. And what was he supposed to do? He was supposed to share the gospel with them. See, even though bad things took place, God was still in control, right? God was still the one that was working things out for his good. But see, we could look at it and think, okay, well, that's great. But then, what, what, uh, does, it, does the perspective just end there? But it doesn't, because we're going to look through this story with Paul again, right? So God's perspective allowed Paul to continue to prioritize people over problems, right? Which is our second, second thing. God's perspective places people over problems. Because I don't know if, if you're, if maybe, maybe you're not like me, but if you are, I know that sometimes I can get so caught up in my problems that really I just shut down when it comes to others. I, I just got too much going on, man. You know what, God? I, 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 I don't, I'm not even going to deal with people until I get my problems worked out. 
But, that, but that, that's not what God wants. Okay? Remember, the Bible talks about how we're supposed to do church together. Right? We're supposed to be family and doing things together. But see, from a, a higher perspective comes our ability to serve those around us, even in the midst of circumstances. Let's look at Acts chapter 28, okay? It says in verse 7, Now in the neighborhood of that place were lands uh, belonging to the chiefs, chiefmen of the island named uh, Publius. I wonder if that's where we get Publix from. Anyways, uh, named Publius, who received us and entertained us hospitably. Man, I'm really struggling today. For three days. It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery. And Paul visited him and prayed. And putting his hands on him, healed him. And when this had taken place, the rest of the people on the island who were diseased also came and were cured. Verse 10. They also honored us greatly. And when, he were, and when we were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed. So because Paul placed people, right, these complete strangers, ones that he wasn't planning on meeting, over his problem, right? His problem was how do we get a ship to get back to on track to where we need to go and get the supplies we need, right? As he put people first, These people, in turn, took care of his problem. Did you catch that? Because sometimes, like I said, we kind of get isolated and say, no, man, I got to work through all my problems first. I got to be, you know, just doing great in order for me to even have a, a priority on people. But see, that's not God's heart. God's heart is priority people. And then... We'll get to your problem sometimes. And, and we have to understand that we've got to get our, our play, our, ourselves in this position to where, you know what, we begin to say, okay, God, if that's what you want me to do, if you, if you want me to prioritize people, maybe he won't say that, but he might. Don't be surprised. If you start praying and say, what do I do about my situation? And he says, go help in kids' ministry. What? That's got nothing to do with my situation. Yeah, but I want you to go do that. I want you to focus on people first. Or go help at the food pantry. Or go help and do this. You know, well, but that has nothing to do with my situation, right? Paul could have said, no, I'm not praying for people. Sorry, man. I got way bigger problems, bro. I don't got a ship. I don't got supplies. I don't got nothing. And you want me to go pray for your dad? And then you want to bring all these people and you want me to pray for them too? when I'm really kind of ticked off and mad at God. <laughs> no, that's not what the story says. Paul said, yeah, let's go. Let me go pray. And so as he does that, these same people he's serving, then they turn around and they make sure that every circumstance, every problem he had was met. So they gave him the ship and all that stuff and, and got him off to where he needed to go. 1 Peter 4.10 says, as each has received a gift... Okay, guess what? That means you, okay? As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. So maybe you say, well, I don't know what that gift is. Well, 
Maybe you have the gift of a smile and you can greet someone at the door. Maybe you have the gift of gab. You just like to talk. Man, you might be great at teaching somewhere or something. Maybe you have the gift of um, um, construction, right? Well then, hey, what kind of things around the church could be fixed? Or what kind of things around in our body can be fixed? It says, each one has received a gift. I don't have that construction gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. I mean, I wonder what would happen if we got that kind of perspective. Instead of placing our problems um, as a priority over serving people. I think, I think it would revolutionize some things. I mean, essentially, we're called to lead people to Jesus, right? To get them saved. But you have to do that. The only way you do that is by prioritizing people. Plain and simple. You don't do that by not prioritizing people. And yeah, you, you, you may have situations in your life that you're dealing with right now, and they could be big and heavy, and I get it. But I'm, I'm just telling you, God does something when you step out of that to bless others, to prioritize other people. That, man, is something that is so, sometimes so gratifying and so aware of just, man, there's more to this than me just sticking in my muck. Right? I mean, if you're a muck, then, you know, hey, find out. Hey, how, how can I prioritize people? How can I go about doing it? And, and just see what God does. Because I've been in situations like that before. Where, man, I, I've had my own stuff. I had other words in my head, but I didn't want to say them. <laughs> but I had my own stuff. And at times, God pulled me out of that. Or, or I've recognized, hey, I've got to go and prioritize people first. I get done prioritizing people. And you know what? I come back to this. And all of a sudden, it's a little bit different. The muck isn't quite there anymore. I mean, it's, it's kind of a wild concept. But man, hopefully it, it would sink in. Because you know what? I think, I think God wants to do the miraculous in our life. But sometimes we've got to prioritize people more than our problem. Right? Now, there are certain things. Okay? Hear me when I say it. There are certain things that, man, you might have to prioritize the problem first. Don't get me wrong. And have to take care of that first before you can do that. But have that in the back of your mind. Thinking, man, once I can get through some of that, then, man, how do I prioritize people over some of this? Give me, let me give you the last one right here. Um, God's perspective turns limitations into invitations. God's perspective, right, when you're looking from above, turns limitations into invitations, right? I don't know if I'm the only one, but there are times I feel very limited in stuff. But when I partner with God, I recognize, you know what? I'm not as limited as I think I am. But see, I got to make the choice to partner with God. I got to make the choice to say, okay, God, I'm going to look from it from this perspective. I'm going to partner with you. I'm going to 
Confess your word over, over those things. And I'm not as limited as I think I am. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if in your life you feel like maybe you, you, you've, you've experienced or you're dealing with limitations. I mean, you might be experiencing limitations in your finances. Um, I mean, I think a lot of us are facing that. Might be limitations physically, health-wise, you're just limited and you can't really do much. Um, you know, maybe it's marriage or relationships or other things, I don't know. But you know what? When we're living with God's perspective, we don't need to see those limitations as a door that's locked. When we're living with God's perspective, we don't need to see those limitations as a door. You know, it's always crazy when, you know, you're dealing with sometimes with financial situations and God says, hey, I want you to give this to this person. I, how? I don't even, what? I mean, I've got my own thing. And he says, no, I just want you to do that. Right? So I'm, I feel like I'm limited. Yet when I obey God, man, all of a sudden there's a blessing that comes from the back. And God says, well, because you, you listened and you obeyed, I'm going to do this. I know, man, it's happened with me and, and, and uh, you know, no clothes at times. I remember being in Bible college, and man, I didn't have nothing. I didn't have any, like, you know, money for suits or anything like that. And God said, hey, I want you to give away some clothes. But God, that's the only clothes I got. No, I want you to give those away. Okay. And then next thing I know, somebody comes and blesses me with clothes. I, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, oftentimes we got to understand that, you know, we feel limited in what we can give or do or, or whatever. Or, or it might be, you know, oh my gosh, I got, again, going back to serving people, it might be just the fact that, man, you know, God says, hey, I want you to, to, to do, serve people. And you're all, well, I'm limited because I can't really do a whole lot. Oh, but you, you can. And when you do, then he, he kind of blesses you back for it. But see, we can't, we can't look at those limitations as a door, but we got to look at, at as them as a pathway to God taking our limitations and turning them into invitations for intimacy with him. See, when, when Heather, Heather and I were dating back um, in, in Bible college, man, I, I was broke. Man, I didn't have any money. I, I, one of the things I did in order for us to even like, you know, um, go and get something to eat at times, um, my dad, my dad worked at nights, and um, he, he was a pressman, but he would come home and he would turn on this air conditioning unit because he wanted to block out the noise so that he could actually um, not hear cars and stuff like that. And so he had this big old air conditioning window, air conditioning unit blowing in the room, and it was like really loud. But it was great because then what I would do is I'll go commando, and I, like crawling. <laughs> that, was, that was awkward, right? Okay. Yeah. I didn't be, I, you know what I mean. So, so you're awake. That's awesome. So I would get on my hands and knees, and I'd, I'd crawl over to his 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 um, his uh, uh, his pants. And he, I, my dad, I don't know why, but he was this guy who just would carry a ton of change, like tons of quarters. And so I, you know, and, and sneak in there, and I'm like, wow, counting them, like, oh, that's five dollars. I mean, like he had tons of quarters. I have no idea why. And I would steal money from my dad. Um, 
And later on in life, I told him about it. He said, yeah, there was a couple times you woke me up, but I just kept closing my eyes closed. I figured you needed the money and everything. But, but I did whatever it took in order to, because I was limited in my finances, but I did what I could in order for us to have time together and have a date together. Well, then there was, there was opportunities in our life where um, our, our dating time uh, basically got shut down because we were told we couldn't date. Long story, won't go into it. And so we couldn't date. So what did we do? This is back before cell phones, by the way. So we spent all of our dating time on the phone. But see, what was so great about it, and I think she would probably agree with it, I hope, is the fact that in that time, I got to learn her perspective. What made Heather tick? What, what was all about Heather? What was it that, man, that I, you know, I was just so attracted to and, and just so, you know, you know, young in love, whatever. But see, I got to be intimate with her through talking on the phone. I didn't see her publicly, except for at church, but I couldn't date her for reasons I can't go into. But see, I grew intimately with her because I spent time with her, talking to her. And, and, and sometimes I think we've got to understand that, you know, we, we've got to be able to, to jump in and really have an intimate time with the Lord more. Because the more intimate we are with the Lord, then the more, you know, we gain his perspective. And so it's this imitation. When we feel limited, man, don't, don't run away from God. Come closer to God. Okay? James chapter 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's a promise. That's God's perspective, right? Jeremiah 29, 13, this is in the message version, says, when you come looking for me, you will find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me, I want it more than anything, and want it more than anything else. I love this. I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. I mean, isn't God so good? He's not a, a standoff. He's like, no, no, come on, man. Let's be intimate. Let, 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 let's get together. And, and there's a ton more scriptures that we can draw from. But it's in those times of intimacy where God can share his perspective. Right? And it's where we have this opportunity then to see things through his eyes. And not only that, than to see God show up. So Paul gets off the island, right? I want to close it kind of in this, in the, with these last couple of scriptures, or this last scripture. He gets off the island. He goes and meets with the highest officials in the land, all the way to Caesar, and he shares the gospel. Now, in verse uh, 30 and 31 in Acts 28, it says, he lived there, okay, in Rome, for two whole years at his own expense. So basically, he rented his own house, right? It wasn't a villa overlooking the, you know, the, the, um, the, the ocean or anything like that. But here he was, he's under house arrest, okay? And back then, they didn't have, you know, that little clip around your ankle to monitor you. But I mean, he was chained, maybe to a desk, maybe to something, I don't really know. He's got Roman guards situated around him. And it says he lived in it at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him. Now, you would think that's a pretty bad situation. 
Again, Paul could say, well, no, I, don't, I just want to be alone. I, I mean, I'm in, in prison, I'm in jail. But again, he has God's perspective, okay? And I would say, too, as somebody in jail, you're limited, right? Wouldn't you say you're limited? I think so. He says, and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And so, you know, I know we all believe God's word is true. But when he says he was able to preach the word of God without hindrance, yet his circumstances said he was limited. So then how then did those two things, you know, coincide together? Well, here's the higher perspective. Here's, here's God's perspective from it. God was able to use Paul's prisoner status, right, this rented home, as a pulpit to preach the gospel. To pulpit to preach the gospel, he mentored young and old leaders who came to him. He even wrote a, a few letters, maybe some of the books you recognize, Philippians, um, Ephesians, Colossians, with you know, that have passages in it that we still live by thousands of years later. He did all of that in not so favorable circumstances that to most people would seem very limiting, like there's no way I can do all that or do this because of my circumstances. Yet Paul does all of this ministry in that circumstance. Right? Paul was not limited because of his circumstance. He saw being un, unlim, he saw unlimited possibilities because he viewed it from God's perspective. Because get this, he, he served a limitless God. I would say to you today, you serve a limitless God. He has no limits. I think what limits him is us. We limit him. Because one, it might be our, our inability to, to receive his love. It might be maybe even like um, insecurity. It might be maybe even our arrogance, our pride. But see, we serve a limitless God who wants to shower and glow and pour blessing out upon our life. And he wants to be there in every circumstance. But see, we've got to get to the point where we trust him more than we trust a circumstance. See, Paul never saw any of these as problem, problems or limitations. He just saw them as possibilities that God could do something. That God, God could show up. And we have to realize that, you know what? There are people watching your life right now. Okay, now there's no pressure on this, but they're watching your life right now. And they're watching how you handle your circumstances. They're watching how, how you, you, you may be suffering, right? Or you may be going through something but see, you still haven't given up your hope. 
that preaches to people. You're, you, do you know that, man, your life is, is kind of like a pulpit? You're, you're preaching to people. I mean, people are watching your life and seeing how, man, you, you haven't abandoned your faith, even though things are going on right now that are just really hard and really tough. But you're like, because your life is a pulpit. Your life is preaching. I mean, what your life, what you, how you walk and how, how you believe God's word and how you look from a higher perspective, I, I think sometimes will speak more and people will receive more than me getting up in this pulpit and saying the words that I say because they're watching you and they're friends with you and they're connected with you. And even though, man, you've got all this going on, man, there is still a peace about you. There is still a, a, a rejoicing about you because you've shifted in your, in your life from going from down, down on the lower and just seeing kind of what's going on in your circumstance. You shifted to now saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to look at it from God's perspective. God's perspective is this. And will things change right away? Maybe not. It can. But, but we have to understand, you know what? It's going to take consistency, discipline, on our part to keep looking at it from a higher higher perspective and so I, I just want to close it up today and just my heart was to encourage you hopefully to be able to look at the um, circumstances, the situations the things that, that you feel like have been just maybe overwhelming to you and, and just to grab the thought of where am I looking at it from? Am I only looking at it from the ground level? Am I only looking at it in a way that, that causes that, that anxiety or, or stress or, or, you know, whatever that is that, that you have to deal with? Or will, will, will we make the decision to say, okay, I'm going to look at it from God's perspective because I can see more. I can understand more from a bigger perspective. And allow God to begin to, to do a work in us then be able then to allow it to come out of us and through us. And like I said, if God directs you in a way that says, hey, I want you to go see this person or go whatever, get help, then again, no shame. Go get help. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because if you do, then you find his, his grace and his love and his, his ability to, to work in your life at a greater level. But remember, it's not a one-stop shop. Just like, oh, then it's done. No, it's, it's an everyday journey. It's an everyday walk. It's an everyday process. And, and like I said, don't be like me sometimes where I'm down, up, I almost fell down, up, down, up. I, I, I'm asking the Lord for help. I'm asking the Lord for wisdom. How, Lord, do I stay here all the time? Because, man, I know my flesh wants to sometimes just jump back right down there. But see, that, that's the all-encompassing love of God. We're, we're all a work in progress. But, man, he loves us so much. And he's, he's our biggest cheerleader. 
and, and leading us to, to that point of being able to say, okay, God, man, I'm all in. Help me with all that I'm doing. And, and he's there. He promises that. So do me a favor and bow your heads. Let me just pray for you real, real quick. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for the word of God in our lives today. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're speaking to each one of us. Wherever that landed, wherever that hit, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you speak in terms that we understand directly. Each person has a way of hearing it. And I thank you that we've heard it. Now may we take steps to begin to see things from a higher perspective, to see things from your word, to see things from your heart for us. And whatever our circumstances are, whatever things that are going on, I thank you, Lord, that you want to be right there in the midst of them. You want to be able to calm the storm, but you also want us to be able to do our part. And however it is that you lead us, let us be diligent to follow that leading. Not to walk in our own way or think, no, this is better, but let us be kind of just drawn back to understanding what you would speak and what you would, would, would say is your perspective on our situation, on our, our circumstances that, that is at hand. And so, Lord, I love you today. I, I know we love you today. And I thank you for being involved in every detail. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com. Thank you.